Literary Scape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, the first of its kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. Hey guys, welcome to part two of In Honor's Defense. I'm excited you're sticking around and joining with me for a deep dive. Karen Whitmire ends this series with a great story. It's Peach, Preach's story, which I absolutely love Preach. So I was excited uh, to get to read it. But let's dive deep into some of the scripture rooted scenes that she has for us. Okay. We're going to kick off with page 57. Yeah, well, you ain't got the right to preach at me. Luke hit a grin, thinking of the nickname he carried among the horsemen. Maybe not, but I know what it's like to get handed a raw deal in life. I wasted a lot of years being driven by anger and resentment. Trust me, it's no way to live. You think the anger makes you strong? That's a lie. The longer the anger lives in you, the more it erodes your soul and destroys your relationships. If you're not careful, one day it'll hollow you out and leave you with nothing. I'd hate to see that happen to you. Now, this is Luke talking to Nate, who is Damaris's nephew. Okay. And if you remember, he's lost his mom and now his dad and he's, he's a teenager. He's struggling. I love what Karen wrote in here. These are, it's so easy. I feel like, um, to have that anger and that resentment and it, the way it tears you down and it really, it doesn't hurt the person you're angry with. It hurts you. It hurts you more than anything. You think, I love this. You think it makes you, the anger makes you strong, but that's a lie. The longer the anger lives in you, the more it erodes your soul and destroys your relationships. And if you're not careful, one day it'll hollow you out and leave you with nothing. Wow. I mean, there's not much more to add to that. Karen wrote an amazing scene there. Great lines and such wisdom in that. And so I just hope you can, if you're someone who's holding on to anger or resentment towards someone or a situation, get on your knees and let it go, right? Give it over to God and let his love fill your heart and overflow, right? Because in the end, we really are truly hurting my, ourselves. And when we're living in that anger and resentment, we can't truly be used by God, right? Because what is in our heart is what overflows. It comes out of our, our mouths. And so if we have this anger and resentment sitting in there, we become useless for him. And I don't think that's what any of us want. So as hard as it is, lay it at his feet, struggle with him with it because he's going to get you through it right uh, and I love that Luke shared that with uh, Nate all right we are going to jump really far ahead then from there we're going to jump up to page 202 Luke twisted to face her his heart pounded so hard not even his injuries could compete with the ache rising in his chest Unable to resist the way she called to the core of him, he cupped her cheek in his palm and gave her his pledge. I'll keep you and the boy safe, Damaris, I swear it. She leaned into his hand, her eyes closing for a heartbeat before her lashes lifted. I know you will. He didn't deserve her unwavering faith, yet he'd do everything in his power to be worthy of her. 
Slowly, he drew her face closer, mesmerized by the shape of her lips, watched them part ever so slightly. I'd walk through fire for you, he murmured. Val rumbled deep in his throat an instant before he sealed his promise with a kiss. Okay, what a sweet scene between Luke and Damaris. And I love that he is that devoted to her uh, that I walk through fire for you. But it's also a reminder. God does that for us, right? He walks us through that fire, through that valley and takes us up to the mountaintop, right? So I know this is demonstrated between the love between Luke and Damaris, but you can also find that in the love between you and God, the love that God has for you. He would do anything for you and has done everything, even given his own son up for you, right? Christ died for you. Such a sweet scene there. All right, we're going to take a big jump again and head over to page 262. And here, silly me, I pulled my sticky note off before looking where it was at. So give me a second to find where I'm at. I'm on page 262. Luke, her voice broke as recognition lit her eyes. She took a step toward him, and her desperation, her heartbreak, her need slammed into his chest. He was off his horse in an instant and leapt onto the boardwalk to wrap an arm around her. I'm here. Thank God, she whispered. She whimpered right before she buried her face in his chest and wept. Luke cupped the back of her head and held her against him, not caring one iota about who might see them or what they might think. Damaris needed him and not even a Texas twister would pull him away. Okay, so again, this is a really sweet scene. Luke's riding back into town. She's struggling because they've arrested Nate and... Here he comes in and he's she can drop all of her worries, it seems like. Like just a big weight lifted off her shoulders because Luke is here to take care of me. And I like not even a Texas twister could pull him away. I'm always reminded of Romans 8, I want to say 38, that... Uh, I am convinced that neither life nor death, and it goes through so many, so many things, nothing can take us from God, right? And I, I don't, again, I know when Karen wrote that, I'm not sure that she had that intended in mind for her um, readers to kind of pull that, but I just wanted to put a plug in there and say, not even a Texas twister could pull God away from you, right? You're his. So remember that. Looking for great deals on a gift for the reader in your life? Check out LiteraryScape.com. Starting on Black Friday through Cyber Monday, everything will be half off. Members receive an additional 10% off. Use discount code BF2022 for half off Black Friday through Cyber Monday. All right, 282. And when trouble failed, they moved on to bribery, which I fell for hook, line, and sinker. The rancher kicked the rocking chair, skidding it sideways a few feet. Ain't nothing but a pawn in their game, moving me around the board like I don't have a will of my own. And Baxter, he stopped, his fuming and swallowed long and slow. You really think they killed him? Luke hesitated. He had no evidence, only theories, but having Grimes as an ally could be an asset moving forward. 
You can't prove anything yet, but if they are responsible for bringing in those rustlers, then they're not above hiring killers to do their dirty work. This is when Luke's having a conversation with one of Damaris's um, neighbors, a neighboring ranch hand. And I just have to ask, this isn't really an uplifting thing or anything like that. It's just something when I read it, I'm like, oh my word. In the past, I felt just like he has, like I've been a pawn in someone's game, right? And there's this need for vengeance, right? There's this need to say, I'm I'm wise now to what you're doing and I don't appreciate it. And you just want to kind of like exact that revenge. And I just, this scene just reminds me like, revenge is God's, right? He will take care of it and he will punish those who have hurt his children. So just take security in that. And it kind of goes back to what um, Luke says at the beginning to Nate about letting that anger and that resentment go. And of course, it all works out in the end for these guys as well. And it will for us too. It's just hard for us to like imagine it and see it because it's not instant. It takes time, right? It's all in God's timing. Okay, I love this next scene on page 287. This is Damaris. She's at her brother's grave and she's talking to him. I think I'm falling in love with him, Douglas. Luke sees me and instead of merely tolerating my presence like most people, he actually appreciates what I have to offer. If a blue stocking old maid could actually offer anything worthwhile to a Texas legend. He's a horseman. Did I tell you that? A former cavalry officer who makes his living training horses and rounding up criminals. As opposite from my quiet bookish existence as one can be, yet he act yet he actively seeks my opinion. Not only seeks it, but honors it. Honors me. He looks at me as if I were a rare treasure he'd never thought he'd find. And when I look at him, Oh, Douglas, it's as if all my odd, misshaped edges finally fit somewhere, as if God himself had handpicked Luke just for her. Oh, my goodness. How many of you ever felt like Damaris? Remember, you you start off this story and it's like she's invisible. She's been left behind many times by her family. Her family really does not treat her well. I feel like her older brother, Douglas, treated her the best and, and he had moved off to a different state and now he's gone but just i love love this picture of luke loves her for her right she doesn't have to pretend to be something else um she's not ignored by him and he honors her and i think that is something in love I think that's just one more sign, I should say, that helps you distinguish between lust and love. We've had these conversations before. Sometimes it's hard to know the difference between lust and love, right? But we said love is willing to make the the commitment, right? We learned that way back when we talked about uh, Julie Lessman's book, um, The Silver Love Silver Lining, I believe. And... There's this need for commitment, right? That's that's one difference between lust and love. But in this one, she said, he honors me. That is another significant difference between lust and love, right? Luke honors Damaris. And it's, it's so sweet. And it's such um, a wonderful picture of what love truly looks like between a man and a woman. Okay. 
So I hope you find that, you know, if you haven't found it, I hope you find that one day. And I love all the many sermons our pastor has done on this as far as don't settle, right? If you are wanting a man of God, then you need to be living, right? You need to be living that way right now as a woman of God. And pretty soon, while you're running your race for God, a man of God will be running right beside you. And at that point, our pastor always tells the guy, turn around and say hi to the lady next to you, right? Um, So, my goodness, ladies, I'm going to tell you from personal experience, it's worth it. It's worth the wait. If you're not married yet, just keep your eyes focused on God. And before you know it, a man like Luke will come along, right? All right, let's keep going. I'm going to skip us ahead here to page 343. Matt held his gaze for a long moment, then dipped his chin. He understood. Damaris was more than just a kind woman who had nursed Luke back to health. She was his heart, his life. Justice was not the mission today. Damaris was the mission. Okay, I just wanted to add this in case I forgot in part one. It's just like in Love's Command. If you remember when they were going after to get Josie out and Josie got pulled away and it was Preach's job to keep her and keep her safe. She was the mission. And he told her that you are the mission. Therefore, you can't leave to go do And she wanted. I can't remember what she wanted to go do, but she couldn't do that. So now the tables are turned. It's Luke's turn to go in and save his woman. And Matt is letting him know. I understand, man. We'll go in. She's the mission. We'll get her. All right, so I would like to leave us on that note of love. And if you don't already have your own Luke Davenport, hang on, because God's got one coming to you soon. Until next time, happy and blessed reading. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Remember to sign up for our free live Q&A with award-winning authors, Julie Lessman, Karen Whitmire, Melissa Jaggers, and... Margaret Brownlee on December 10th. Visit literaryscape.com to sign up today. Don't forget to follow our podcast, share it with a friend, and leave a five-star rating as this helps us tremendously. Until next time, happy and blessed reading.